Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Hey everyone, I wanted to pop in because we are only three weeks away from the Push Through Mama Summit. And just to share with you who our speakers will be, let's go through a couple of them. Our keynote speaker is Julia Array. She is a self-proclaimed badass and award-winning transformational leader. She has demonstrated history of championing access, equity, and inclusion. She is going to be talking about identity at the summit. Our next speaker is Stephanie. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, then you would have caught an episode with her that was on matrescence. Stepha is a life coach and mentor. She's dedicated to helping moms navigating the space between who they are and who they're still becoming. As a mom of two young children, she knows firsthand the struggles of juggling the demands of motherhood, career, and life. And Steph is going to be talking about reclaiming your freedom. Our next speaker is Tamika Cheek. She is going to be speaking on positive self-image, and she's a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice. Um, She works with her clients on working through difficult experiences and life transitions. She assists clients who struggle with the lack of self-esteem, self-worth, and self-love being the root of the issue. She is going to be talking about how to love your body, embrace the physical self of where you are in this life after postpartum and motherhood. And these are our three great speakers. In addition to that, we also have Octavia Lang, who's going to be doing our guided meditation. Um, with sound bath meditation journal prompting we're also going to be doing I'm going to be speaking on combating anxiety and there's going to be breakout groups for all of the moms and birthing parents to be able to talk with one another if you haven't purchased your ticket we're less than three weeks actually away from the big summit so be sure to go online get your ticket now at pushthroughmom.com and we have our promo code for our listeners push to get $10 off your ticket. Get it before our tickets sell out. And now a word from a sponsor for our Push Through Mama Summit. Boober is the destination for new and expecting parents to find the expert classes and on-demand care providers like doulas, mental health therapists, lactation consultants, and more. They need to thrive from pregnancy to postpartum. Jada Shapiro is a maternal health expert and the founder of Boober. She's actually a guest on today's episode. And where expected parents and new families find on-demand expert care in high-quality classes, pregnancy to postpartum. She founded Boober to empower expectant and new parents to transform their pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experiences and outcomes through expert education and easy access to qualified maternal health care providers. She is a birth and postpartum doula, childbirth educator, lactation counselor, 
birth photographer, mother, and stepmother. Jada has assisted thousands of births or postpartum for first-time parents, A-list celebrities, and everyone in between. She advises leading actors about childbirth and breastfeeding for major films and is a sought-out media expert on pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, lactation, and newborn parenting. Please check out Booper. We're going to put their link in the bio, and we are so happy that they are a sponsor for the Push Through Mama Summit. Now let's get into today's show. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. And I have a special guest after do her introduction. Um, welcome Jada Shapiro. She is a maternal health expert and also the founder of Boober, who is also our sponsor for our um, Push Through Summit this year. So we're super, super happy. And just to give you a little background about her, she is a birth and postpartum doula. She's a childbirth educator, lactation counselor, birth photographer, mother and stepmother, Welcome, Jada. <laughs> Thank you so much. So nice to be here. Welcome. I'm so, so excited. And I have all of my questions set up. Um, of course, like I've researched you, learned so much about you, but um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I guess it all got started about oh, 18 years ago um, when a friend of mine invited me to her birth, actually. Well, let's take it back even a little bit further. Um, when I was in college, one summer, I, I happened to stumble upon a book about uh, midwifery, and I didn't know that word. I saw this book on the shelf. I was just interested in the book, and um, this book, Spiritual Midwifery, which kind of blew up in my mind a little bit about, uh, it was about all of these people birthing in upright positions and having really positive birth experiences. And in my mind, and I didn't know much about birth then, um, I had only thought of it as a really negative experience. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting to read all of these very positive experiences and also learn that people didn't just give birth laying down on their back, which was what mm -hmm. I had always imagined from mm -hmm. our, you know, media sources, etc. And then um, I... I got very interested in, in childbirth. I ended up actually reading a lot and doing my senior thesis uh, as a as a dance major oh. <laughs> on childbirth um, and the over-medicalization of childbirth. And so did a dance and, and writing about it. And then right after college, a friend of mine invited me to her birth actually. And, and my mother had just given me a camera. I was mm. getting really into photography and I, Asked, I was like, oh, it's so great. Can I, could I photograph your birth, you know? And she was like, sure. And it turns out that she actually had invited um, 20 of us oh, to wow. come <laughs> witness her giving birth. And so I went to this, it was at a freestanding birth center in Baltimore. And, um, you know, she and her partner were there. And then she had all of her family members and friends. And it was really an incredible experience. And I, I photographed it. I also, at the very end, we were all standing surrounding her in this, you know, 20 of us, literally, as she was pushing her baby out. And just the incredible support and connection that was happening while I watched my friend be walking around in a bathtub mm -hmm. on all fours on a birth ball eating drinking like all these things again yeah. I'd learn more about it but just to see it with and go oh my god this is really real and then to have this baby come out and have the incredible energy of the room and just the laughter and the excitement and the joy and like 
after she had worked so hard. It was a really powerful and incredible experience. And I, I was just like, more people need to know about mm. that you can, there are many options and mm-hmm. different ways we can give birth and, um, and you know, choices. And she, she used midwives. And again, I think most, much of this country doesn't um, know about midwifery care. Right. Right. And so it just opened my mind so much. And anyway, I, I went on and went back to New York where I was living at the time. And I went to a birth conference and somebody recognized me from at the conference and was like, oh, you get off at my subway stop, which was like very far away. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you live in New York, the conference was on the Upper East Side and I lived in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. And so like completely different neighborhoods. And she recognized me and she said, oh, I'm having this doula training in a few days up the street. Mm. And I was like, well, what? So I learned about doulas at the time. And she said, it's going to be incredible. You should come to this training. And she lived with somebody I went to high school with. And there were all these connections. I thought, okay, I'm going to go check this out. And so I went to this doula training. And it just blew my mind wide open. Like so much I learned about birth. And I was just, I was completely hooked by that. And I met my original um, doula partner in the doula training. And she and I just started telling everybody that, you know, we were, we'd been to a doula training and do you know anybody pregnant? And Mm. somehow we got connected to all these people who were like, sure, come to my birth. And so I started attending births that that summer um, in 2002. And um, it was just such an incredible, it was so incredible, life-changing, you know, and I, as I was working with more and more people and more people kept coming to us, I realized how, how little, like really not a lot of uh, information that people had. They were mm-hmm. pregnant, you know, I guess they, they'd somehow heard about a doula or heard about me and my partner in some way through a friend, et cetera, but they, they didn't really know anything about their choices and options. And I found myself spending hours educating people mm-hmm. going, you know, did you know that you, you actually can eat and drink and labor if you want? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's something that you need to ask about it. Or did you know you could be monitored differently? Did you know you could stand up or be upright? And um, just these kind of things that, you know, I realized, oh, people really didn't know. I, I started educating more and more. We eventually opened, we started really formally our company, which was called Birthday Presence. Mm. Um, and as soon as we decided to formally start teaching, well, I started in my apartment, but then people were coming. It was crazy. And so we, you know, rented um, a little space where we shared the space and people just started coming to classes. And I think once we had that space in the community, we were creating educational opportunities for pregnant people to come together and connect and learn. Um, things really, really grew. So, you know, I really got my start in that way and then grew birthday presents into um, a childbirth education center mm. where parents could come and learn. And then uh, over time, it became a doula training and matching center as well. So we would train doulas, match people and help them find their their doula all the while while I was going to births as well and growing the business. Um, and then, you know, I slowly became, I became a postpartum doula during that time. Mm. I got super obsessed with lactation. I became a lactation counselor as well. And then I started Boober a few years ago, actually, after many, many years of running birthday presents. I noticed all of a sudden it was getting harder and harder for people to, I'm not sure why exactly, but I was hearing it. I think more and more people were wanting to um, breastfeed or body feed their babies. Mm -hmm. And I was hearing, getting more and more people calling the company and just saying, I can't find a lactation consultant. They would text or call and be like, I'm desperate. I called Mm -hmm. all seven people on the list, like help. I'm going to give up, you know? And I was getting more and more of that and going, this is crazy in this day and age when, you know, you can really get your dog walked on demand, get your makeup done on demand, (laughs) right? Like all these things, why can't you get the help that you need when you're a new parent 
to thrive that we see in other cultures and communities historically, you know, birth was not something you just did alone and had no help after. Mm -hmm. And, and I really feel like the U S just kind of drops us, you know, Mm -hmm. when we, when we need it most and there's no kind of in home follow-up visiting or anything you're not even meant to see or your OB if you have an OB for three to six weeks. And and that's like basically a lifetime. So I, I started giving out my cell phone on a postcard and I just kind of, you know, said Texas number if you need help. And I started getting all these texts that people thought I was a robot and they'd be like, boobs hurt or like help. Um, just, you know, things like that. And I would write back and call them and I would either go run out and help them as a lactation counselor myself if they were nearby, or I would text one of the, you know, many different lactation consultants I knew in the city and help them find a person in their area who met their needs. Um, so I was doing that for a little while and the text started rolling in faster than I could keep up with. And mm. Boober was, was formerly born and Boober is now a really a much larger marketplace, essentially where expectant and new parents can find all of their classes and all of their on-demand um, care providers mm-hmm. like birth doulas, postpartum doulas, lactation consultants, mental health therapists who focus on pregnancy to postpartum pelvic floor, um, nutritionists, you know, all of it. I really want to be that, that hub where somebody who's going through it, getting, you know, having a baby transitioning into having a family can really, really find all of the, the education community and the, the support that they need. So that's, uh-huh. yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you were uh, like the example of you build it and they will come. Like, obviously it was a need for everything that you were creating. It was just kind of like waiting for you to create it. And then to even like go back to what you were saying, like in some cultures, I'm from South Georgia. So of course I had never heard of a doula until coming to Atlanta, really getting into the birth work world and then like figuring it out. And even like the idea of it had this like mystical thing to it or like it was for people who were granola or whatnot. Um, but how it was just so essential and even like what you said about like how you give birth, you don't have to lay down. Um, why do you think that there is like a gap between like really knowing everything or all the aspects of it or the culture or, um, the supports that you can get? Why do you feel like there is a lack thereof? Yeah, I think when, you know, birth really birth really got pushed out of the home and the community, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in the last hundred years and more. I mean, so I think one thing was really, you know, taking, it, it used to be within the realm of, of women and, you know, birthing people, um, midwifery care was so important actually to, to everybody. And as we became more medicalized um, and not that you don't sometimes need medical support, mm-hmm. but Um, I think through the system sort of taking over and saying, you know, our our country got very focused on um, really the industrial, you know, revolution and we can, and we can do everything better than nature Mm. and, um, and that wisdom within our bodies and knowing and trusting our, ourselves was really taken out, um, you know, taken away the, 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 the real disempowerment and disenfranchisement of, of, women and, and midwives, mm. and especially actually, I mean, really in black midwives who are really the foundation of, of so much birth in, in the South. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, our extremely racist society mm-hmm. also just mm-hmm. said, we're not going to uh, tolerate or, or allow this, this knowledge and wisdom 
um, to be there and really almost criminalized midwifery, essentially. I mean, it is, you know, criminalized in some places. And um, midwifery care was a was a holistic model of care that really saw the whole the whole person. And that's, you know, as we moved birth into the hospital, and I think, you know, by by the early, um, you know, twenties or so, I think almost all birth was, was moved into the hospital for the most part, even now today, we have very little birth Mm -hmm. outside of of the hospital environment. And I think Mm -hmm. there is a way, you know, so once we're now in this system in this hospital system, which could be designed totally differently. So there could be a hospital system Mm -hmm. I could envision that that could work, Mm -hmm. but you know, a hospital is essentially right now is a, is a place mostly of illness. And I don't look at birth is Mm. not inherently an ill state. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's part of the issue. So we, we treat birth as an illness in this country, as an emergency waiting to happen. We don't take care of people at all. Well, we don't have a national healthcare Mm -hmm. system. Right. So I think in general, we don't care for people on the whole. And so these other aspects of support and care that would go with it, like when you look at other countries that have a midwifery model of care, which is you know, England mm-hmm. and the Netherlands and uh, many, many European countries and many other other places around the world that focus more on that care that also includes home visiting mm-hmm. after you have a baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's kind of built into the fabric of, of society. So we're such an individualistic culture mm-hmm. also, it seems, and we therefore like have a, we can do it our, ourselves. Um you know, and so support really kind of got got taken out. And I think maybe because you can't measure support also in a certain way, right? How do yeah. you how do you measure the value of having somebody who like a doula who is with you, you know, continuously throughout the entire time? Um, I mean, we can measure it. We hear we hear people talk about their experience of what it means to have support or not have support. And we know that people really suffer when they don't have have support. So I mean What's crazy is that everybody in this country has to pay for the actual extra support out of pocket, which then makes Mm -hmm. it completely inequitable and Mm -hmm. inaccessible. And, you know, if the insurance companies, we know, I mean, we've been pitching to them for so long, like you can reduce the cost of of birth care, right? It's preventative Um, care. If you just like have people already have it like in their plan. I, I preach this all the time, like to your point of saying how, People look at the hospital as like an illness and as pregnancy as an illness. If like having a doula was a part of your healthcare package, like having your OBGYN, as well as having a mental health therapist um, and a lactation consultant and a, like all of the things um, because it's preventative. And even like it's like a public health issue because it's saving a lot of costs for funds. You know, if, if someone, a birthing parent doesn't treat these things um, ahead of time or have these things set up. So I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm always saying we shouldn't have to have Boober. We shouldn't have to have mm-hmm. any of this because the system itself could be set up in such a way. I like look at my hospitals in New York City and I'm like, oh, you have one lactation consultant for 50 yeah. people who gave birth. How, how's that going to work out? Yeah. You know, and it's just we don't put a premium on we, we, we so like this culture loves to chunk everything out as though a pregnancy is separate from giving birth which is separate from postpartum recovery, which mm-hmm. is separate from lactation, which is separate from your mental health. Like it's just, we separate everything. Um, and, and I think, you know, what all of the complementary care providers that are on the Boober platform or all of us who work in this, in this field and work with pregnant and postpartum people is we really see the continuum. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, of care, but yeah. So I, I, I mean, I, that's the, that's the goal is trying to educate people about these options and then how do we also make it covered by insurance, easy mm-hmm. to do, um, easy to get. Could it be, it could be built in. Certainly the hospitals could, could help and they could start, we could do that. We see a few places where there's a, a program for that. I mean, my grand vision is we would, you know, we would build centers where you could give birth that could allow you to have, you could have an epidural or you could have a C-section. Mm. It doesn't have to just be a freestanding birth center. Right. It has the tub and it has the bed and it yeah, has all the all amazing options. stuff. Right. But it also has, you know, whatever you need. And um, I think we could have some kind of model and system and care, you know, that would work amazingly well and would reduce our C-section rate, which is very high right mm-hmm. now. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and some people of course need a C-section. Like we're grateful. We have the ability to do that when you need it, but we're certainly at a place, I think in our culture and time where, where it's really overused. And, and, and we also, you know, so we see, we see people dying unnecessarily, you know, um, in childbirth, we see, obviously we have, Black mothers, um, mm-hmm. you know, the black maternal health crisis here in New York, especially at where, which is worse here than in, in other parts of, of the country. Um, and again, I think there's just, we just make it so challenging for people to get the support and the help that, mm-hmm. that they, that they need. And even there's a resistance, right. In some cases, there's a resistance, um, from some obstetrical providers because there's a fear that we are getting in the way of the care. And I'd like us to start, you know, we should, we ideally we're collaborating with OBs and midwives mm-hmm. and, and we're all working toward I, the birthing parent having the best experience possible. Right. 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 Absolutely. So you are our first doula that we've had on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. you've, you've taken our doula virginity. Um, <laughs> Nobody has ever told me that. <laughs> and I, um, I talk to my clients about having a postpartum doula, um, especially the ones who are just like lacking support um, because it could be one of those additional resources that could decrease their... Um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorder symptoms. Um, But a lot of times when I have that conversation, they never knew that there was a such thing as a postpartum doula. They've only thought like doulas just show up at the hospital and and that's it. Can you tell us in your own words, um, what is a doula and why is it essential for any birthing parent? Yeah, should I speak birth doula and postpartum doula separately? Mm -hmm. A little, because I think like you said, Finally, I think the birth doula is more understood or there's a little more awareness around it. So when you say doula, people assume the person who's going to help you at the birth. Um, And so I want to make that distinction that there are birth doulas Mm -hmm. and postpartum doulas. And birth doulas, um, you know, we provide continuous emotional, physical, and informational support to the laboring parent and their partner if there is one. We are the only childbirth professionals who are there continuously throughout the entire process. Um, you know, when we we ideally show up at your home, depending on where you're giving birth, most people not at home. So we're going to go with you to the birth center or the hospital, stay with you continuously throughout the entire time, help you in the first hour or two to get um, lactation off to the best start, if that's what you're doing, and just get your family settled, um, you know, and, and it's a very unique position because we're also not working for anybody else. We don't work for the hospital or the birth center or the care provider. 
or we're, we, we are there with you and we, so, you know, we're there for you. Um, so I think that the people, when they have doulas, you know, the studies around doulas show that having a doula reduces the likelihood of a C-section, increases the likelihood of successful lactation, you know, uh, increases the likelihood that you'll feel satisfied with your birth experience, decreases the likelihood of postpartum depression. There's so many amazing benefits to working with a doula and to having somebody who's just totally devoted to you and your um, well-being and your care and an advocate for you as well. You know, we don't, we're not clinical care providers. We don't speak, you know, your clinical wishes to the staff. We're not trying to, we're not, not to do that, but we are there to help if help you find your voice really mm. like if something is veering off from what you did want we're able to you know really help guide you in the questioning and how to talk to your care provider and often we've worked with many of the care providers as well if mm. we're in that area um, and are able to engage in that conversation so it really I think you know if people understood the value of a doula a lot more people would really want to have a doula with them uh, because it's just such an incredible Mm -hmm. connection and support that helps people get through this and no matter what happens they do show that even if you have a very interventive birth even if that's not what you wanted if you were spoken to respectfully cared for Mm -hmm. treated well during the experience um and knew that you needed that particular intervention uh, that makes people feel a lot better on the other side. So having that one person devoted to them who can help translate, because our brains don't really work very well when we're in labor either. We're, you know, mm-hmm. we're in our animal brain, right? We're not able to be super intellectual thinking and keep everything in check. And so that the doula kind of can create that that translation as well for what's going on. Um, and, and that can be super helpful. And then we have the postpartum doula who, you know, really helps parents. I like to say we, we help ease the transition to mm-hmm. parenthood. So, you know, I also like to say that that postpartum doulas are really all about, they're not just baby care, although we do a lot of that, but baby care and you care. And, you know, I think that's like, it's such an amazing thing to have a person who's not only helping teach you, you know, if if you're not familiar with newborns, how to diaper or what's going on with the umbilical cord Mm -hmm. or how to bathe the baby. And so we do a lot of teaching with the goal of like, we want to work ourselves out of the job. We want to make Mm -hmm. sure that when I leave, you feel like you've got this, like you understand more, unless you really want me to take over care. I can also (laughs) do that, of course. And maybe you already have a baby. So you're like, yeah, just take over. I know how to take care of my baby. Um, But we're really flexible like that. And then we're also able to help with, you know, vaginal or c-section recovery so we can make suggestions about how to um you know use a sips bath to heal your perineum Mm. or you know um get you more pads or whatever ice or make sure that you're eating really nourishing foods that are going to help you you know feel better heal with your milk production help you get out of the door and uh, go to the pediatrician and help pack up that bag and get that first visit where it's really hard to leave your house the first time. We're also trained as listeners. We're not therapists, mm. but you know, we're half therapists. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're counselors in a way. And, and even though not, not, not licensed in that, that regard, it is part of our training to learn how to really be good present active listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, because so much of transitioning to having a baby and it's processing you just went through a really intense birth no matter what like it's intense I think right I mean, it's mm. it's hugely transformative and sometimes your friends will be like how was the birth and you start telling them they're like no no I just wanted to know that you're okay right <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't want to hear every last detail necessarily some do but you know a, a, a doula can really hold space we can really sit and listen and and postpartum involves sometimes a lot of like 
crying and laughter and confusion of emotions mm-hmm. and all of that. And so listening, but we're also able to recognize when somebody needs a little more help too, you mm-hmm. know, if they do need a referral to a, a mental health therapist or, um, or maybe they just really need a massage. Like you can see that tension in their body or they need, um, you know, maybe more lactation support because actually it's, they are struggling and they need a higher level of care. So a postpartum doula is just a little bit of everything. We're like yeah. the higher, it's like hire a friend or family that you wish you had, but with no baggage. Because <laughs> when your, your family comes over, there can be, there's baggage, right? Yeah. There can be, same with a birth doula. Like, I mean, family is great. I'm not saying don't have your family mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. have the right relationship, but sometimes it can be a little fraught. So. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I agree because sometimes like I'll tell clients when you have family that come, they may impose their own idea of how the postpartum experience should be. Or they may say, well, I've, you know, I've done this before. This is what you need to do. Versus if you had someone who's unbiased, not related to you, is an outsider's train, um, they can support you in the plan that you want for yourself um, while also educating you. And when you were saying that about processing, I was telling my husband just yesterday, I had a 2020 baby. And um, I was telling him... um, do you ever feel like sometimes that you're just like, oh my God, we have a baby. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I was like, sometimes it feels like, is someone coming to pick him up? Like we've been babysitting, even though I know intellectually he is, he is ours, but it is still like that processing that, oh yeah, like he's, he's here. Yeah, um, is he your first? He's my second. And I went okay. through that with my first as well, but um, it just like the mind is so powerful and it, and it takes a while to adjust to like truly being like, oh, I'm mom or parent, yeah. whatever name you use for yourself. Like it can take sometimes a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. to fully integrate it where you're not thinking about your past life and your, and right. your now life, right? Yeah. Where you're fully just like, oh yeah, of course I'm, that's who right. I am, mom. Yeah. And he like came out of my body. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, in speaking of 2020, I always thought about New York. Um, During the pandemic, Um, just because, you know, like working with several mothers that had anxiety um, about giving birth during COVID and figuring out what their supports look like and um, what their postpartum experience would be like. And New York didn't allow any support person to come into the hospital, like at the height of the pandemic, right? There, yeah. I mean, there were five days where they didn't allow partners in. It was short but crazy time, mm. and and that was well. It was fun. It's actually part of what really changed Uber or put us into a more national uh, stage. Really, was that when that happened? I was like, oh my, what are all the people going to do? People must be complete. We're all freaking out. Like yeah. everybody is anxious right yeah. now. What to do with your family? You're, and if you were growing a baby, then. Um, or you were about to give birth, and then all of a sudden they banned partners who are the most, you know, your most intimate person, and doulas were banned too. Um, and I just threw together this webinar with an OBGYN and a pediatrician. Uh, that was one of the things I did right away was like, let's get the facts out there and figure this out. Um, we had like almost a thousand people come to this oh, wow. this webinar of information just to like give people something. And then I soon after that launched a class called the confident, you know, hospital, solo confident hospital birth, just to be like, okay, you're going to do this by, you're doing this by yourself. Like you can do this and here's how you can stay connected, you know, virtually. And here are the things you can do for yourself. And here's how to 
prep it and and I just tried to give people those tools but that was really hard and then there was a huge you know petition and groundswell and so partners got back in doulas still couldn't go for quite some some time um so we really shifted to to virtual support which a lot of people did end up using you know and I wasn't quite sure how how mm. virtual support was mm-hmm. going to work or wasn't but it ended up being really amazing for the people mm. who did use it and for the you know like people some people had the camera on and they would kind of hook up their phone or whatever with a clamp and mm-hmm. it would be on the side of the bed and, and you could see the doula and the doula is kind of watching and, and making comments. But what I heard from a lot of people that worked really well was they had a lot of people just used earphones and oh. they would have the doula kind of whispering in their ear, like calming mm. things and they'd be listening. They could hear what was going on in the room being like, okay, now you're starting to push. And a lot of parents were just like, it was amazing to just have this little like calming, mm. helpful voice in, in, in my head. But yeah, I mean, it was such a time of anxiety. The other big thing that we did, um, I had always wanted to put mental health um, support on the platform. But when the, the pandemic hit, I was like, this is basically the only thing we need to have right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now a word from one of our Push Through Mama Summit sponsors. Self-care for busy, caring persons does not have to be time-consuming or expensive, but the practice of self-care is necessary and worthwhile for your health and well-being, being that there are so many effective ways for you to care for yourself better, and G. Michelle Self-Care Resources has dedicated space to support you in taking care of you better. G. Michelle Self-Care Resources is a wellness resource space that encourages hardworking, caring people to make self-care a part of their lives by compassionately addressing, educating, and offering opportunities to be supported on their self-care journey with our interactive workshops and self-care resources, the self-care investment and self-explore, self-restore. Look at the link in the bio to check out all the things in which G. Michelle has to offer with the self-care investment, self-explore, self-restore. You don't want to miss out on these great self-care resources. Now let's get back to our chat with Jada Shapira. <laughs> so like, and so we kind of fast-tracked that. Um, yeah, and it was, it was so, so intense. I, yeah. I mean, having a baby during that time. Absolutely. Um, so Boober has a commitment to anti-racism and your platform offers low rate fees to BIPOC birth workers. You offer scholarships, doula lactation trainings and pay what you can spaces. And this is so important and so needed because being in the South, I witnessed the health disparities. Um, Georgia is amongst the highest in the mortality rate for black mothers. I provide counseling to black mothers who are a higher risk to suffer from PMATs um, than non-Black birthing parents. And Black mothers are the least likely to seek treatment because oftentimes there are not birth workers that look like them. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to offer this incredible opportunity through Boober for BIPOC birth workers. Yeah, um, exactly. Thank you. I mean, just exactly what, what you said because, uh, you know, I, I am a white founder and I do need to acknowledge that um, that I don't have all the answers and it's not you know I, I've just listened to the community essentially and listened to um, the the black birthing people that I know the the black doulas that I work with um, and it's become really clear that um, you know there are we need more opportunities there's not mm-hmm. enough 
black birth workers in the community who are able to work with people who look like them, that people really want to work with people who look like them. And, um, and that there are many black birth workers or people who want to be lactation professionals and doulas and midwives. And there, it is very, there's the cost barriers, uh, to become a doula or lactation counselor mm. are high. So there's, you know, that is one thing. And, um, it is, you know, I, important then to offer so we're offering different scholarships and pay what you can spaces so that we can make sure that as many people as possible who want to uh, are able to go back into their communities and bring the education and support that they learn um and that's been been really just really important to me for many many years we've been doing it through birthday presents is the uh, is is still the birth worker mm -hmm. training center so boober is the parent facing part and birthday presents um provides the the trainings and the um, the different doula trainings and the, the lactation counselor training specifically, um, we call it the CLSC, lactation, uh, Certified Lactation Support Counselor that Leah Rivera, IBCLC created, um, really framing it with an anti-racist lens, framing it from looking at the, the disparities and why um, and, and talking about, you know, how we can shift this. Um, it's really important to know even, you know, again, our hospitals our hospitals are, are racist in their approach. Mm -hmm. And so black birthing people are much more likely just to be offered formula right away mm -hmm. with this assumption that, that black people don't breastfeed with it, which is ignoring all of the, the history and reasons why. And, and, you know, and a big part of it is this people walking in and then making these assumptions as well and starting them on a, on a path and not offering support. And often it is the lactation field is just dominated by, by white people, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, who may not have the ability to connect in, in the same way or understand any of the issues. So that's something that, that I've always been um, really passionate about. We've lowered the, the platform fees for people who identify as BIPOC. Um, I'd like to do more with that. Uh, we're working mm -hmm. on an equity fund um, so that we can support um, people who would like to hire doulas but don't have the, the means to do that, but also want to hire doulas who look like them as well. Mm. So that's something that we're working on um, right now at Boober and Birthday Presents. We just started um, a doula mentorship program, which mm. I'm really excited about as well. Uh, that's Simone Toomer, who is a longtime doula in IBCLC, is, is running. And um, we are also doing Pay What You Can spaces for identify as BIPOC and she knows she's really passionate about mentoring as a black woman mentoring black um, doulas herself and so I'm very excited yeah. about this all of the proceeds go to either um, you know they pay her fee and then they all go back into um, into offering the scholarship to you or oh, the nice. pay what you can to other people so that's awesome. hoping yeah that we can you know that that will increase the amount of people who may become doulas and then often people who become doulas may go on to midwifery care mm. and and or obstetric care. I just talked to a woman today, actually, who um, wants to become a doula on her path to becoming an OBGYN. And if more OBGYNs had doula care, we could really yeah. see the That's obstetric care, too. you know, um, really, really shifting. So, you know, I'm... I'm actually in the process of hiring a provider manager mm. right now. Um, so if you do know anybody, actually, we are looking for um, somebody who does identify as Black, Indigenous, or a person of color who can be there to actually really help shape 
Uber and the way we work with providers and parents to continue to um, make make doula care as accessible as possible. Good so. work. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So you are, we talked about all of the different roles that you have, which is, is a lot. Um, being able to be a birth and postpartum doula, childbirth educator, lactation counselor, birth photographer, mother, stepmom. How on earth do you do it all? That is the question of the hour, right? How do we, how do, we do it all? It's, <laughs> it is, I don't know. And I somehow, I, I don't currently work um, with a lot of clients one-on-one -on -one at this moment. Okay. So I spent many years doing, doing that. And that was the primary thing I did. Um, but I realized that, well, I love business as well. And I find that challenge exciting. And I realized that if I spent more time in my administrative role as well, I could actually serve many, many more people than I can on an individual basis. So, um, I, don't have a work-life balance. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a thing, really. I really right, would love right. to know if somebody can figure that out uh, because I'm juggling for, you know, I have one daughter who's 13. I have three stepdaughters age 11 to 15. Mm. Um, we have a kind of revolving door of, of children that are coming in and out and, of course, spent the whole last year and a half remote schooling while doing this all, which is pretty crazy. Oh, we, yeah. We were, we were all doing um I work a lot <laughs> I guess that's how I do it I, I don't take a lot of, I have not um I don't know when I took a real vacation yeah. um and I definitely would recommend that to myself for someday mm -hmm. tell, tell my future self <laughs> uh, that, that I, I'm, I'm like okay just a couple more years like I started Boober out of birthday presents right, right when birthday presents was functioning and doing its own thing and it was like a teenager mm -hmm. and then I went and had another baby so it's kind of uh, <laughs> called Boober not a real baby yeah but, yeah um, yeah, I guess I just really want to, I want to see a shift yeah. <laughs> in the world. Um, so that's, I just work a lot. Right. I mean, like, which is a passion and like random, I was reading one interview that you had did and you said that your favorite podcast was how I built this by Guy Raz. Oh, yeah. And, um, have you, and you may not have, but have you listened into the McBride sisters episode? No, I don't think so. Oh, I highly recommend that one because um, I love I love that that podcast as well, and I listen to it every week. And that that episode had me like in tears of <laughs> listening to them. <laughs> I will check it out. I have to be honest, like because I work so much, I definitely yeah. don't do I don't do a lot of listening. I don't do a lot of reading like these days. I'm like deep in mm. trying to do you know I have to do a lot of the content creation too. We're in this big like changing into this virtual world has caused, of course, everything to shift. Yeah. And so figuring out how to provide all of our classes in, in virtual and how to make Instagram posts. And how, mm -hmm. It's like so mm -hmm. wild, all the things, right? It's, it's so, crazy. I totally relate of like having so many roles, trying to be as, there is no balance. Like the balance is unbalanced because like you're trying to run a business, you're trying to learn, you're trying to connect. Um, you're trying to like market and and then be in your family and exist in the world all at the same time. Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot for sure. It is. It's crazy. I think in the pandemic, I guess what has taught was what's created more working time is just less social time. Right. Yeah. So right. that went out the window and that's 
almost gone, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much gone. So that's, that's what's so interesting is like, there is this, this deep entry point, but at some point something has to, something has to shift. Right. Sure yes. Um, my last question is, so like I said, I'm from Georgia and um, Atlanta, although, you know, we still have our own work to do. Um, there still is a lot of resources, a lot of progressiveness and good work that's being done. But it's once you step outside of Atlanta and you get into rural Georgia, um, there's just such a, a separation and a lot of people don't have access to care. A lot of people aren't um, acknowledging any type of implicit biases or cultural insensitivity. Um, what would you recommend for someone who is not um, BIPOC, um, who is a white birth worker and wants to do the good work, but maybe is not cognizant of their own implicit bias and maybe um, doesn't know enough. Like what, what would you recommend for them to do to be able to connect and be an ally and a support? Yeah, I mean, for the white birth workers out there, I would just say, just assume unless you're deeply on this path and have started to do the work and un- started to unpack um, just how racist and white supremacist this society is that we're living in. Um, you know, if you haven't started with the basics at all, then really not even from a start, stepping back just from birth work and, and really starting to understand anti-racism in the first place place and, and paying and hiring, you know, black people who do this specific work of educating white people. I definitely, right, not just anybody, but really taking that time to find out who are the people that you, you can. There's many classes now, especially in the last year or mm. two, just to start that work and start to do the understanding and then really starting to look at reproductive justice. Mm. I mean, that, you know, and, and look up those words, like look up what, what is reproductive justice, um, get involved with your local activists, reproductive justice groups and start to, you know, listen. I think I've, I've learned a lot from, from many people, so many people this, um, in the last few years, especially, but, um, there are many organizations like locally in my area, like ancient song doula services, Mm. um, run by Chanel Portia, who, you know, has a lot of opportunities to educate yourselves and learn, um, Kimberly Seals Allers, who is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have been so grateful that she has been a part of our doula trainings. Now we've, we've hired her to, to actually start all the doula trainings and talk about what reproductive justice really looks like. And one of the things she really talks about is, you know, especially for white people is not just thinking that you have the solution. Mm. Like we white people don't have the solution. You can't just be like, oh, I have this great idea and this is how I see these problems. Um, go really start to connect with real life people mm-hmm. and and ask the community like wh- where you can be supportive. Um, ask what you could do, mm-hmm. if anything, and also don't be upset if you're asked not to be a part of it at this yeah. time, right? Um, really just listen and don't assume that you are the expert because that's a very, very white supremacist thing to do. And, mm. um, and it takes a lot, you know, I've, I've spent the last year and a half definitely listening to a lot of black doulas on the platform who, um, who have shared generously their time and thoughts, you know, with me about what we can, we can do, um, as 
and I have to always acknowledge like when any person who comes onto the Boober platform, I say like, as a, um, as a white founder, you know, um, I want to talk, I want to hear from you what reproductive justice means. Um, you know, and I ask that of everybody, but really learning and listening a lot and being open to, um, what we, what we can do. But I think just starting to learn, um, the very basics and really taking, that's one of the things we're working on is figuring out like, is there a great class that we can actually say like you have to have taken before you can even come mm. onto the Uber platform as yeah. a white provider. Yeah. So we've tried a lot of different things so far. We haven't found like one specific one that we're requiring, um, but that is definitely part of part of the conversation. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Um, thank you for a great conversation. I'm so appreciative and thank you for all the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.